0: welcome to our bonus podcast my name is Thalia one of the pastors on staff at Northview and I have three people with me today this is so great I have Crystal pastor of women good morning and I have Erin Peters who's regularly here hello and we have a guest, Carrie Clausen. Carrie, can you introduce yourself a little bit? I sure can. My name is Carrie, and
1: um, I work here at Northview. I'm an admin assistant for Pastor Darcy in the community department. Um, I'm married to Leland Clausen, and I have two. We have two boys together,
0: who are 20 and 16 years old. Wow, mm-hmm. that's great. Erin, you have been with us a lot, but in case someone hasn't tuned in for a few weeks, tell them a little bit about you. Um,
2: I've attended here at Northview for a long time multiple decades, and um, I volunteer in the women's ministry in premarital, and I have a husband named Kevin. He's an elder here, and we have three children that attend school in Abbotsford. Nice. What ages are they? 15,
0: 13, and 7. Nice. So we have a topic today for you. It's called, How Do You Support Your Husband's Passion If It Makes You Lonely? And it's based on an article that Carrie wrote, and she's going to tell us a little bit more about it in a bit. But first, let's talk a little bit about the assumption that uh, we have often that single people are lonely and married people are not lonely. So this article kind of flies in the face of that when we say, how do you support your husband's passion if it makes you lonely? Because married people are not supposed to be lonely. Yeah, I always f- smile whenever we do
3: an, a Northview Young Adults question, or sorry, like a, an evening where they can ask us questions. That's always one that comes up on the list. How do you support single people who are lonely? And I always start out by saying, well, it's not just single people who are lonely. Yeah, And we have some single people who are not at all lonely. Like they're just happy and engaged and in life. And we have some single people who are, but then we have married people in both sides of the spectrum too. So there's married people that are lonely, married people that aren't. Loneliness is a human condition. It's not a status condition, right?
0: So, yeah. So when we think of married people that might be lonely, let's talk about some of the situations that would cause some married people to be lonely. Maybe more often than not. not they're not necessarily lonely every hour of every day forever. But what would make people lonely? So a common one that we come across in women's
3: ministry a lot is women who's who are Christians, but their spouse isn't a Christian. And so they're married to somebody who they just can't talk about some of the deeper things in life with. Someone who won't come to church with them, won't come to a community group with them. Yeah. So every time they're walking into church circles, they feel that they're alone.
0: Yeah. They don't read the Bible together. They don't go to church events together. And they feel that the deepest things in their life, the most important things they can't share with their spouse. Yeah. And it's hard for them to have
3: kind of common friends that are like couple friends because they're just on different planets that way in terms of their friendships.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, good reason to uh, use caution when you're dating someone. Yeah. That that whole thing of marrying somebody who's unequally yoked.
0: (laughs) Uh, How about shift work? Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. Well,
2: I think that if you're just working odd hours and and you're not meeting again at the end of the day or, you know, having morning time together or something, some part of the day that you share together, it's very complicated to
0: connect. Yeah, we see a lot of moms who have young kids, for example. There's a lot of nurses in our church and they will choose to work nights and sleep during the day and then they're husbands are can do the day shift so mm-hmm. they don't cross very often and it can be a very lonely spot because they're trying to avoid the cost of daycare and things like that so they have opposite shifts but that's tough feels a bit like survival mm-hmm. to sort of meet the
2: financial needs but they're not actually yeah having that deep relationship with their spouse
0: and probably yeah. easily anyways Carrie what other reasons do you think people might be lonely if they're married
1: um, just even commuters, people who are traveling into mm-hmm. Vancouver. Yeah. I think those are really long days, and those are hard on yeah. families. Very hard, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. There's so many different ways to be lonely. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I know. Yeah. There's spouses who, kind of, for financial reasons or job reasons, need to be gone for a long period of time. People yeah. who are salesmen who are on the road, yeah, or people who are like in some kind of industry, like the firefighters over mm-hmm. summer, like yeah. they were gone, yeah, were out fighting fires, and so their wife was holding down the fort back yeah. at home in the US maybe more than Canada there'd be a lot of military families yeah mm-hmm. where the spouse one you know, husband or wife could be gone like oftentimes there's yeah. you know women in the military too and they can be
0: gone for months at a time i think of also like lead pastors or elders like my dad growing up was an elder <coughs> in our church and so he'd work all day and then he'd often be at some kind of meeting in the evening yeah. for the good of the church. Yeah, And I'm sure he came home late and I'm sure my mom did most of the work of the family on her own. And I can think back and think, oh yeah, my mom must have been lonely at times. Yeah. We've had two evenings this week
2: where Kevin's been gone, like goes straight from his full time day job yeah. to the church to do meetings. Yeah. And then comes home at 10 o'clock at night. So yeah, it's, that's not unusual for us.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I think even just having diverse hobbies, Mm -hmm. like some people can be really into running or some people really into biking or all these things that take them away from the family core and they're not necessarily bad things, but they just. Right. I have a friend right now whose
2: husband is hunting for like 10 days.
0: (laughs) See you later. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that the spouse necessarily is lonely. No. Some spouses, you know, enjoy that time apart so that they are refreshed when they get back together. But some spouses find that particularly lonely. Yeah. 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 So we're going to talk a little bit about Carrie now, your particular story. You wrote an article. How do you support your husband's passion if it makes you lonely? So we need to hear a little bit about your story. Why were you asked to write this article? Tell us a little bit about your and where life. was mm-hmm. it
3: published? Yeah, like okay. we can probably put a link on the podcast mm-hmm. to it too. But yeah. yeah, who who asked you to do it? Yeah. So it was
1: published by Sheila Gregoire, and mm-hmm. she uh, does a blog called To Love, Honor, and Vacuum, and um, <laughs> it's a really cute blog that she does, and she covers lots of. Um, Kind of conversational topics that maybe most people don't really want to touch on. So it's kind of a good blog to see. But um, Leland actually did, he's a stand-up comedian, but he did a movie last year and it was just released in the U.S., um, and it was all about... Um, it was based on a true story of a long-distance... Record-breaking long-distance runner, David Horton... Who's um, also a professor at um, Liberty University. And so Leland played the lead role for that. And um, the movie was all about how David... <clears throat> just really felt called to pursue this passion... And, and really um, wanted to inspire the students around him. And as Leland played this role he really just saw the parallels in his own life of kind of the trouble that David had balancing um, kind of what he felt like was God's given purpose for his life um, with his family. Mm-hmm. And so in a big part of the movie, the story was about um, Nancy, David's wife, and how she coped with that. And what I really liked about the movie was that uh, it didn't show marriage in this perfect light. It, it showed that it was hard for them and that they— really had to work to make it um, work for them and that they really just had to persevere through tough times. And I really liked how that just kind of Leland and I really um, felt like it was the same in our own marriage, that Mm -hmm. it wasn't always easy. And yet when you're kind of focused on God's will for your life, it really just helps you persevere.
0: So tell us a little bit about Leland's passion and what has caused a bit of loneliness for you.
1: So, because Leland is a stand-up comedian, he travels all over Canada and the U.S., so he's away a lot, I would say. Um, over the year, he's gone maybe two-thirds of the time. And so, uh, yeah, so he started doing that about two years after we got married, so okay. it's not something that when we got married, I kind of knew I would be coping Experience with. It. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, it was a bit of a surprise, and it obviously grew, and the time away grew more and more as he got more successful, but... Um, it's something that I've always kind of struggled with. I mean, when you say your husband's a stand-up comedian, people just think laughter and fun and yeah. all good yeah. times, yeah. right? But it it isn't really like that. And there's lots of things we've had to sacrifice because of it. And I think when we were younger, we thought, oh, we'll, we'll just work hard now yeah. and it'll get easier as we get older. And, of course, it doesn't really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it yeah. stays the same. And so, um, yeah, so I've just struggled over time just kind of um, – I think just feeling that feeling of, well, this is great that you have this, but because you're doing it, I feel like I'm sacrificing so much of what I wanted for my life. And and so it's been just kind of a journey for Leland and I to walk along together, figuring out um, how he can pursue his passion and do what he feels God has called him to do and how we can make our marriage work and our family work and still... Um, kind of meet both of our needs. So there's been many times when I felt lonely.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I've shared before that uh, some of the loneliest times I've felt have actually been sitting in church on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. It's funny how when you're around so many people, uh, you can feel the loneliest. And um, But yeah, it's it's been an interesting journey and not one that I really anticipated that I'd be walking on. So. so
3: what is it about sitting alone on a Sunday morning that made you feel super lonely?
1: I think it's just feeling like there's all, you're just kind of in the moment feeling like there's so many people here and yet I don't feel close to anyone. Mm -hmm. And so that feeling like when you're home alone by yourself, you can kind of forget, right? But when you're with a bunch of people and still feel disconnected and feel like people maybe don't really know what's going on in your life or understand you, then it it kind of amplifies that lonely feeling, I think. You talked me. in
0: your article a little bit about the struggle with comparison. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's one that I, st- <laughs> I struggle with, definitely to stay. Um, but yeah, sometimes I'm fine, but other days I just really feel frustrated that um, I, I social media has been not great for me, and I see how... Uh, other people just, you can't post all the bad things in your life on Facebook (laughs) because that just wouldn't really work. But um, so you tend to just see only the good in people's lives. And it's, it's hard when you're sitting at home alone on a Friday night and it looks like everybody else is out having a great time. And
3: Specifically as like a family or as a couple, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah.
1: making family memories. And, and At the
3: beach or... Absolutely. At the,
1: yeah. On holiday or, yeah. or just doing stuff together as a family, right? You post those pictures. And, and, and I do it too, and I don't think people should stop. But I do feel like I need to just myself limit how much I'm... I'm kind of checking Facebook or Instagram and maybe when I'm feeling down, I tend to try to um, not even go on there, instead I'll open my Bible or do a devotional if I'm feeling kind of like I'm vulnerable that way or feeling a little bit lonely that day, so yeah, so that. Comparing has never been a good thing for me and it always looks better. It always looks better on the outside and I know people probably look at my life and think it looks pretty good And, and if they had to walk in my shoes every single day they probably wouldn't really
0: think so. So sometimes would you struggle with wanting to have a pity party? Absolutely yeah
1: yeah and that's usually when I get frustrated with Leland and when I have a phone call with Leland saying hey I'm not really happy with the fact that you're away right now. I had to go shovel the walk all by myself
3: <laughs> yeah. and
1: this is not fun and I'm not getting anything from this and, and yeah, that's usually when the kind of harder conversations come. But Leland's been so good at, at just hearing me out, being sympathetic, um, working towards um, making things easier for me when I do find things hard and, and yeah, it's not always
0: easy, but. How do you deal with the challenge of being away from each other physically? And being careful to sort of guard your thoughts and your your body and your marriage. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, so that's been really a journey right from the beginning. Um, When we were younger, we were a lot more naive, didn't really realize how vulnerable you could be in your marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, I think being married to an entertainer, although I think it's true even for pastors or anyone um, really, is that uh, you're, you're vulnerable and people do attack your marriage and you need to protect it. And so when earlier in our marriage, we, we didn't, we weren't as self-aware. We weren't um, as in touch with kind of our thought life and, and protecting ourselves. So we did make some mistakes and, and we really had to learn over time how to really honor each other that way and, and protect our marriage. And, um, Leland just makes sure that he's not in situations where he's vulnerable, and mm-hmm. he kind of really had to figure out what those were for him because they are different, I think, for everybody, and um, for me too. Just being home alone a lot, I, I was just had to be very careful with the friendships I made, and and just really, it does kind of bring a sense of loneliness to you as well because you can't um, be as free with your friendships as. Maybe you'd like to be, but you have to restrict it to women <laughs> and things like, and just really kind of be, just really think it through. Don't mm-hmm. just, yeah, I just being purposeful, I guess, yeah. in your relationships and, yeah. and what you're saying and doing has been really important for us. And I feel like we're so much better at it now, um, but I don't think you can ever really relax. You need to always, always think of protecting your marriage. Yeah.
3: I liked what you said in your article about just that need to be honest, because I think sometimes we think if in order for us to support our husband's passion, that means we can't ever say how it impacts us or how what struggle there is. And there's kind of this line that I just have to be kind of rah-rah cheering them on and then never. But then you said you would have like emotions kind of well up within yourself and you finally explode. And then that's not healthy either. Right. So I think the fact that you guys have been able to honestly say, yeah, this is a problem or this is a challenge and we need to figure our way through it, but not pretend that it's okay all the time. Right. It's huge, right? Right.
1: And I feel like as Christian women, we feel that pressure, right? Yeah. We want to be that perfect, supportive spouse and we want to um, behave in this way that we feel we should and that God calls us to, but um, but we're not perfect and we're imperfect. And I think our spouse does need to hear how we're feeling so that it can be addressed too. Yeah. And, and as a spouse, hearing it is not always easy. And it does cause conflict sometimes when you're really honest with each other. (laughs) But I think it's conversations that you need to have. And as painful as it can be, sometimes it's so, so important to communicate. And and I'm so thankful that I am married to a communicator because I really do feel that because he travels so much, he um, needs to be communicating with me. I can't even imagine being married to someone who just c- cannot do that and travel that much. It would yeah. be very it'd difficult. Be whammy, yeah, yeah be yeah. very,
0: very difficult. So so how do you answer the question when people say, okay, Leland has a passion and he has a goal and he has a calling on his life. Do people ask you, what about you, Carrie? Yeah, I think that's
1: a great question because it's kind of the little voice that's been mm-hmm. in the back of my head through <laughs> <to> this whole... <laughs> the resentment like, voice, these, Well, what about yeah. my
3: needs? And what, what about, about yeah. me?
1: And I think that is a really good question um, because... I think we all feel it and and I really feel like God calls us to die to self and, mm-hmm. and we do that in our marriage, but it's difficult and it's sometimes a daily, hourly thing that you have to remind yourself. And But I, I have seen over the years in our marriage that when I am more selfish and thinking, no, 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 I need this, I need this, I want this, that it hasn't brought me happiness. It causes conflict in my marriage, but when I have been able to kind of lay down and just say no... I'm going to put you first in this. And when Leland can do the same for me, Mm -hmm. um, just that balance is you are taken care of then because you're supposed to taking care of you. And that's the way it should be. Right. Just having that balance of I take care of him. He takes care of me. We don't have to have that little selfish voice kind of stamping our foot and saying, no, 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 I want this. And yeah, yeah.
3: Has working at North You been good for you in that? Like providing that community and
1: It has. I it's been amazing and just yeah, I I really love what I do and just being around the people that I am. You can't help but learn so much from them just by rubbing shoulders with them and and it's yeah, just really giving me a sense of family. And just working here, even just coming to church on a Sunday. I feel like I know so many people and that's such a blessing and such a gift. It's yeah, been I amazing. Think
3: you, I think you've had really unique ways to contribute mm-hmm. to the staff mm-hmm. and what you've done. And so you, you're having a lot of opportunity to use the gifting that you have here and mm-hmm. people are
0: appreciating it. So
1: well, thank you. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it and been so blessed by it. Hmm.
0: Let's talk a little bit about um, some of the solutions when we struggle with loneliness, because all of us do um, in a small way. My husband has a passion for mountain biking. And when our kids were small I found it really hard that it felt like every Saturday morning it's etched in stone in our house that he goes mountain biking all morning. And then there were frequent (laughs) bike races and trail building and all kinds of things like that. And I remember just absolutely exploding on him one Saturday morning, just in anger and frustration about the fact that he was gone with his mountain biking. And he said to me, why are you raining on my parade? Get yourself a hobby and I'll support you in that. (laughs) I was so mad i was just beyond furious and yet he was right he was right and i took me a few days to think oh, okay wait hang can't, on he, he does can't have, everything to me yeah no and he does have a healthy passion that takes up his free time and it's a good thing i want to support that and he's right i didn't have a hobby a passion an interest i i was taking care of our kids and that's kind of the way it stopped And so, Don't you hate it when your husband's all right? (laughs) It's awful. And I can say, I I still don't necessarily have the same kind of hobby that he has. I don't always know what that is. It's kind of like, well, this for a while and that for a while. I don't know. But he was so right. And I had to adjust my thinking on the topic. And that's not a comfortable spot, to adjust my own thinking on it. Yeah. You want to Mm
3: -hmm. blame everybody
0: else for what you're feeling.
3: Yeah. So I think part of it is... I think we definitely can find solutions. Part of it is, though, recognizing that um, loneliness is something that we might face in our lives Mm -hmm. and not being totally freaked out about it and feel like we have to medicate ourselves. The instant we feel anything, like we get a twinge of a headache, we have to take Advil. Um, Same thing with loneliness. We feel like we have to cover it up, conceal it, run away from it, hide from it. And I think there's a certain amount where we have to say, well, this is part of what it's going to be like. And there's not always going to be people at my beck and call. So how can I walk through times of life or specific evenings or even weeks at a time if you move new into a community it's not going to happen instantly that you're going to have a circle of people around you and so that might be months that you're walking through finding a time to figure this out so i think Sometimes, sometimes it
2: requires you to be a little bit vulnerable and to tell the people around you because it might not look like you're lonely it might look like oh you have this like glamorous life your husband's an actor or you know everybody's busy you know deal with it kind of thing but um sometimes we need to say to the people around us, hey, <laughs> I'm kind of dying here. Can yeah. someone help me, throw me a lifeline? What can what can help? And, th- yeah, I... and and to think of something specific, like what is it that, what you need? Do you need to go and exercise? Do you need to go yeah. have a coffee date with somebody? Uh, yeah, I remember one of the really most meaningful things that my mother-in-law, well, not the most, but something really meaningful that my mother-in-law did um, when Kevin was working out of town a lot. Um, we had three, pe- three kids, And our youngest was a preemie, and he was gone for a whole summer. And then even after he came home from that summer, he was out of town a lot that following year. So she just said to me, every second week, I can offer you this one evening, uh, you know, kind of thing. And it's, I mean, there's other times I can help you too, but you can always know that particular evening. Every other Tuesday night or whatever. That's yours. And you can do whatever you want with it. So I'll be here. I'll come right after work, and I'll be here until whenever you are ready to come home. And so I could always know, okay, that's my safety net for getting practical things done if I needed to grocery shop or or get some errands done. And it was also my time I could book like whatever I wanted. If I wanted to go shop for a sweater, I could do that. If I wanted to go and meet a friend for coffee or go to a gym class... I could do it right in that spot. And it wasn't much. so only every second week, but it was something. And sometimes I could just barely hang on till that, yeah, you need to know, that look night. I, to, yeah, I know. <laughs>
0: like, it's okay to seek solutions. We know that. And we have um, on the paper before us, we did some brainstorming. We yeah. have multitudes of solutions. It's not an exhaustive list. I'm sure you as listeners can add to it. One thing that I would encourage people before they run to a solution is to learn to endure or tolerate the loneliness or the, whatever the uncomfortable feeling is. Because every time you're in traffic or you're in a lineup or you're in a bad conversation, and you, you sometimes simply have to be a good sport. You simply, sometimes have to just kind of work with it for a period of time before you seek a solution. So that's what I would encourage people to do is just to kind of not necessarily immediately run from loneliness, but just to kind of go, huh, I'm lonely. Okay, I can work with this for a bit. And then think about what do we need to do to start to solve this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like you said, Crystal, it doesn't necessarily get solved that moment permanently. Yeah. What's the healthy purpose of doing that to sort of sit in the lonely for a little bit and recognize what it is? Yeah, I think in any negative emotion, we do have to learn to deal with it. It's healthy to learn to deal well with negative emotions without immediately running to, like Crystal said, medicate it, solve it, because negative emotions are just simply part of life and if we don't learn to manage them in a healthy way and kind of just be able to work with it we're going to constantly be in this frantic mode of solving and -hmm. and solutions and it's not healthy for us because that isn't reality. Like it's not normal life that everyone's no. gonna
3: be happy and satisfied and fulfilled all the time. And so no. if we put this expectation, it can lead to things like drinking or drugs or all these things because of the instant we feel anything that's not exactly what we think is ideal, yeah. we try to run away from it. Yeah. And so just being able to acknowledge that, yep, yeah, tonight I'm here by myself and so it might just be me and Netflix and yeah, that's okay.
0: Yeah, because there's where we start to develop things like yeah. eating problems. Because yeah. the second we feel a negative thing, we run to food yeah. or we run to um, exercise, which isn't bad, but can get that. If mm-hmm. we're focused on that or it can, you can run into other relationships that aren't healthy for you or you can watch terrible shows that are not good for your mind just because you have to solve that, so that negative emotion.
2: Do you think that in that moment of sort of like recognizing this is the emotion and this is truly where I am? that that's, like, you kind of keep it in check. Like, it's, um, how do I say this? I find sometimes when I'm getting really frustrated or upset about Kevin's busyness, and then it seems like the whole world revolves around Kevin in our household. (laughs) That's how it feels sometimes. And sometimes when I get in that space, and to sit there and realize, okay, actually, what is this frustration? Because I'm not actually mad at him because we meet these decisions together as a family, yeah. or he and I, anyways. Well, sometimes we include the kids, of like, is this okay for us to go ahead and yeah. dad's going to do this role or whatever? And um, and then I have to kind of do a check. Okay, hang on, I'm a child of the king. I'm a, yeah. Like, I feel so worthless. I do nothing with my day except do, you know, take care of these kids or something. And no, I'm a child of the king. This is my identity. It doesn't matter what my role is in life. I'm I'm his kid, Mm -hmm. you know, and and then also recognize that we made that decision. Yeah. And so this is just emotions coming out of something that we've actually like, I agreed. I I made this decision with him. Yeah, we were going to move forward, proceed with that plan. So this is okay, This is the consequence of it. And now I need to experience it, share it with him and then figure out how.
0: That sounds so nice and tidy, but for me, (laughs) me, there's some (laughs) ugly moments in there. Well, that's what I mean. Like, sometimes we simply have to have a tears and snot pity party. Like, I have gone into my locked bathroom and lost it because I am totally like just feeling hard done by this is not fun I don't like these emotions I don't like what's going on in my day or my week I don't like the spot that I'm in and I've just lost it and often then I've turned it to God and said I don't like it God what I've got on my plate and I think it's okay to have a total loss pity party in a healthy way I'm not I'm not yelling at anyone else. I'm not beating on anyone else. I'm simply acknowledging acknowledging it and having a and and but a limited one for me. Like 20 minutes is like Mm -hmm. the end because I have to. I don't want to go too far down into the trough. So (laughs) (laughs) I kind of have a limited pity party, and then it's kind of like okay, I got to dry the tears and then just deal with what I have on my plate at that point. So So that's what I'm
2: kind of thinking of is that mm -hmm. when I when I would sit there and go okay, what is this that I'm feeling it helps me to keep it in check so that I don't just in the emotion of my sadness of missing my husband or my frustration that I'm doing all the taxi driving all the time all week yeah. that I don't lash out at one of my kids yeah. because I'm yeah. having an escalation of my own emotion yeah. it has nothing to time do out. with them yeah <laughs> or my husband walks in the door and he's full of elder meeting details or whatever his management job at at, at the helicopter company and i like lash out at him yeah. and that's not fair yeah. to throw that on somebody else just cuz my emotions were escalated is it a fair conversation to say this was a hard day i was feeling so lonely for yeah. you or i was feeling overworked because i had to shovel the walk and i needed to go take kids everywhere and i also had to do the online groceries or whatever it was mm-hmm. those tasks all fell on me but i that my emotion of feeling that
0: frustration doesn't have to be lashed out on you. We can still share those feelings, not being all emotional. Like maybe for me, I often need to vent it privately and have the tears and snot moment before I can rationally think. Yeah, That's maybe me. Maybe not everybody can. Maybe some people can work it through a little more rationally, but sometimes I can't. And it might just be the time of month. It just might be the day. And I need to just blah. to myself. Sometimes I do that with Mark. I'll sometimes say, can you just listen to me? And I'll blah about all the things that I am feeling hard done by and all the negative things that are going on. And he's very good, like you said, Carrie, about listening to me. And then I'm able to think more rationally about, okay, what are some of the solutions I can put in place? Because we have smart brains and we have experience behind us and we have wise friends that we can talk to. So we know what kinds of solutions to put in place. We just maybe aren't able to right away and that's okay yeah Yeah. but i think if you run too quickly to
3: solutions like you were saying you don't actually analyze the the emotions that are going on you don't maybe think long term you're just trying to fix today yeah but you're not thinking long term going ahead what can make this better yeah and so that's why yeah we'd encourage you just to to think about it and to process and like
0: release those emotions so let's come up with quickly some solutions that maybe people haven't thought of when they are dealing with things like loneliness yeah Crystal, you start because we see this in women's ministry all the time. Yeah. Um, so many people I talked to over the summer when I asked
3: them if they would come to me and tell me their story and I'd say, well, who's walking alongside you in this? And they said, no one. I think almost everybody said no one. And that breaks my heart because we can't walk through life by ourselves. And so, I mean, an easy solution is coming to something like a women's Bible study, a precept or a Monday night or Wednesday morning Bible study or the M&M study in mission, um, because you're going to be in groups of people with other with other women who are, um, experiencing different things maybe, but you'll realize that you're not the only one that's walking through situations. As you talk about scriptures and how it's impacting your life, you'll hear how it's impacting other people's lives and what the things are in their life. So it makes you realize that you're not alone and you stop that. Comparing game to the same extent, right? So should they only come once and everything's solved? That's the thing. (laughs) That is actually what hurts me the most is when I hear people say, I came once and nobody was friendly and I didn't make any good friends and so I'm not coming back. And I'm like, oh, you can't ever just come once to anything. Like my kids, I tell that with youth group, you can't go once. You have to invest yourself. Over time, you give it a month, you give it two months. I always said a semester with yeah. <laughs> my kids. Mm-hmm. Like because you're not gonna no one's gonna instantly become your best friend. No. And if you have that expectation going in, it you're gonna be disappointed everywhere yeah. you go. Every community group you try, every group yeah. is gonna let you down. Yeah. I think serving is another great mm-hmm. way. To kind of fill that loneliness gap because you, when you work alongside people in the kitchen, making meals or whatever, like you just develop relationships with people and you, when you're doing something in common.
0: And it fills your day. And yeah. so when you go home, you have less hours to be lonely. Yeah. And you feel productive about something <laughs> that you I know. did. Yeah. Carrie, you had some solutions.
1: Yeah, for me, I I like doing projects. I'm kind of a homebody, so I do have to force myself to get out and be with people, and that definitely will take the loneliness away. But um, I love doing projects. So the moment Leland walks out the door, I'm like huh. cleaning out closets, <laughs> maybe throwing out things he doesn't want me to throw out, possibly. <laughs> <Re-decorating>. and decorating <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so it just really just, I, I love to do it. I feel like I've accomplished something, and it the time flies by when he's gone. Yeah. Erin, what are some solutions from your side? Um, I some of the
2: solutions for me have been like just to get involved in something, as you said, the serving, and um, to sometimes for me I have to like kind of put a structure to the week. Like I know that I get to go do this later on. That's my thing. I mentioned that earlier, but look
3: forward to yeah, yeah,
2: so that the next day doesn't look oh sad and empty. (laughs) It's not to fill it with busyness, but just to have that thing that you can look forward to and say. Um, that's my thing I get
0: to go do that eventually whenever that is Thursday or something yeah what about Crystal all our solutions have to be sort of Christian no (laughs) it always
3: it makes me sad when people feel like it always has to be like it always has to be reading your Bible it always has to be praying now those are great things and I think for sure that should be a starting point for everybody but God made us as people with desires and gifts and interests, and we are filled up when we use those God-given interests and desires. Like you said, making, doing projects, right? People that have hobbies. I mean, that's a great thing. Enjoy that hobby. If you love to read, that's good. Like God uh, gave you a desire to read and to learn, and and lo- and he's happy that you love those things, right? Yeah. I remember as a mom, it really came home to me watching my daughter um, when she was younger, paint, and just the joy she had in doing that. And I thought it's just so beautiful to see somebody doing something that they enjoy so much. And I think God sees that with us too, right? He created yeah. us with things that He gave us to do. And so we we need to be willing to or realize that we can use those gifts in a yeah. way that honors him, and it doesn't have to be like,, oh, we have to do five hours of Bible study first before we can pick up our book. Well, I mean, maybe we should do our study first. that's great. But don't feel guilty about the time you do, doing like healthy things, things or running that are great or yeah. hobbies
1: of some sort. Yeah. 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 I think that too, if you can really look outside of yourself, um, you're not the only one who's experiencing these things. And if you just take the time to look around, um, I've been so blessed by um, just single moms in my life and unmarried yeah. women um, yeah. that I just feel a kinship with that. I don't think I ever would have connected with had, I had kind of a more traditional um, schedule, but um, yeah, it's just been such a blessing for my life. So, just looking outside of yourself, you can just see past the fog. Yeah, <laughs> and just um, just seek that a relationship building outside of yourself is really awesome. Yeah.
3: I was talking to a woman recently who is recently widowed and she's looking at ways to kind of keep investing in people. And she said she's just so looking forward to center court service starting up again with the community time in it because she said her favorite thing during community time is to wait until everybody stands up and goes to coffee. And there's a few people that are left sitting and she goes and talks to them and says, how can I pray for you? What's going on in your life? And she loves investing in other people. And I thought, what a great way to go to church by yourself, to have that mindset as you walk in the door that I'm going to find somebody this morning. Well, she's a new widow. I know, that's that's what I mean. So in her grief, she's still reaching out to others. Yeah. Because she
0: would be feeling lonely. Totally.
3: But she's trying to figure out a way to use that time now that she has her time where she's there by herself. How can she use it in a way that invests in other people's lives? That was just beautiful. It's beautiful.
0: Okay, well, we're getting close to the end of our time. So, Crystal, would you pray for our listeners? Sure. Lord, we thank you um, that you created us to be
3: in community and that you show us in your word, how to be in community. You show us how we should act towards one another and how we will act towards one another if we're filled by your spirit. And Lord, um, your ideal for us is to be uh, churches full of people who love you and love each other uh, like brothers and sisters. And so Lord, we pray that that would be true of us at Northview that we would be so full of love for you that we'd be looking out for the people in our midst who need you and who need us to come around side them. Lord, we pray for people in who are listening to us this morning who might be feeling lonely. We pray that you would give them the courage um, to step out of their situation that they're in and to begin looking for solutions for their situation. We pray that you would give them honest uh, ability to examine their own hearts and their minds before you, uh, and that you would draw them into a relationship with you, that they, that they look to you first for all these things, uh, look to you for satisfaction and for relationship, and then in a healthy way, uh, reach out towards other people So Lord, we pray that you would teach all of us um, and train all of us uh, to be people who are um, on the lookout uh, for this and who are willing uh, to reach out to others. And we pray that you would just give us each blinders um, so that we can look fully at you and not compare ourselves with the people around us, Uh, that we would just look at the gifting that you've given us and the relationships that you've given us and be grateful Mm -hmm. for what we have uh, and give that back to you. So we thank you, Lord, for um, this morning together and pray your blessing on all of our listeners. Pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.